Good morning, church family. How are you? All right. Hey, even with a lesser crowd today, we got a good reaction. That's good. You know, I am glad for one thing during this pandemic that we are doing online so folks can watch online and don't have to to be here in person sometimes. It is a it is a curse and a blessing. It is nice to see everybody's faces here uh, when we can show our faces without our masks. But it is good to have the online thing is available as well. But but where that's helped me a little bit is it doesn't matter who's here and who's not so much as it is what God's got for us this morning. And God can get that message out whether it's here in person, whether it's us witnessing one-to-one with somebody, or whether it's over the Internet on Facebook or YouTube Live or whatever. God's message is going to get out. And I think that's one of the things that encourages me today is thinking that, um, just like this video said, looking at the tension in the world and the, that we need to put our feet in motion and do some things. That's exactly what I'm going to be talking about here in just a minute. But I, I want to start with refreshing our, our minds a little bit about our focus scripture for this, this series. We're talking about loving, walking, and doing. And that comes from Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And this is not in the notes. Uh, I just added this in because I thought it was a good review. Uh, the verse says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. I like to look at the action verbs in those verses that talks about to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly. I think those are things that we need to focus on throughout this series, and especially with what I'm going to be talking to you about this morning, is how we put our faith into action through prayer. I think oftentimes we get a balance of sometimes we do more than we pray and sometimes we pray more than we do. And I want this morning for us to to look at how that balance needs to come in our lives so that when we're doing things, we know that we're doing them in God's will. So let's just pray for that this morning as we open. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for for this day you've given us. I thank you for the safety you've provided this church congregation, Lord, through the pandemic, Lord, that we're still a strong congregation. We still love each other, Lord, and and we're going to get through all of this, through all the trials and troubles that we see. Uh, just as the video was mentioned, the tension that we see when we read the newspaper or listen to the news, God, you've got this, God, and we know you do. No matter what happens, our faith is in you, Lord, and you're going to guide us through it, through it, and we're going to continue to be faithful to you because of your promises, God. And I just pray this morning as we go through some teaching about praying and doing that your Holy Spirit will move in this room and throughout the Internet and to all those that are listening, either now or in the future, God, that they will they will be blessed by this and they will learn, God, the power that can be worked through them if they're only willing to pray and to do, Lord. And let's pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Well, let's talk a little bit about praying and doing and the relationship there. You know, sometimes I think we get these things out of balance, and it's because of the way we're gifted sometimes. It's the way maybe we were taught to do things. You know, I have seen people that were some of the greatest prayer words. They pray about everything, but then they never do any of it. They'll pray, well, God, should I do this? Do you believe that in Scripture there are some things that it tells us to be doing? How many of y'all believe that? There are things that we're told that you don't need to pray about those. You don't need to pray, should I share the gospel with my neighbor or coworker? You don't need to pray, should I read my script, read the scriptures more or even start reading them? You know, you don't need to pray, should I be engaged with the poor in my community and helping them out? There are so many things in scripture that we pray about that there's no need to even be praying about doing them because we're clearly commanded to do those things. And sometimes I think we use the praying part as a, as a way to get out of it maybe, what we do is we we look at those scriptures and say, well, God's just not leading me in that direction. 
hey, and that's fair. Sometimes there are different ways that, that things happen, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But God is always leading you somewhere. If you are a follower, you are being led. I want you to let that sink in. If you claim to be a follower of Christ, you have to be led somewhere. If you're not, you're just sitting and not doing anything. And sometimes we like to sit and bathe ourselves with that prayer and, and pray about things to do, and then we never get out of our little, our little Christian bubble, so to speak, and do any of them. So we need to be praying about that. And prayer should always guide our actions. There's a second side to this. The first side is we're praying and not doing anything. The other is we think we'll just go out and do it on our own. We're going to get an answer from God, and we're going to go out and just do it. That kind of sounds good because a lot of us are motivated by doing. We think this is what I have to do. God, I think, has laid this on my heart, and I'm just going to go do it. But you know what happens? What happens when God's not opening those doors and we're trying to bust them down? Are we successful? No, we're not successful. We're actually hindering the kingdom often because we're, we're trying to knock down doors that God doesn't want us going through. And that's where this balance comes in, that I think it's not only good for us to pray, but I think if we have Christian friends, we have other members in the church, we have pastors that surround us, we should all be praying together about these things instead of being the lone ranger and going out and just, you know, doing what we think needs to be done. Sometimes God has a plan that's a little different than what our vision is. Uh, in the church circles, especially for pastors, we talk a lot about vision and vision for your church and things. Hey, that's all well and good as long as that is talking about God's vision and not my vision or Mark's vision or the elder's vision. We want God's vision to be coming through us to you as we lead. We don't want our vision. Our vision is worthless. We're just humans. That's not the way this is supposed to work. So we've got to pray that our actions are guided by God. Now, if someone's actions are encountered to the teaching of Scripture, God didn't provide that answer to their prayer. How many of you seen preachers on TV or historically through through time that you think that didn't come from God? I know you've seen that. I know you see it. If you turn on the TV most Sundays, you can find a pastor and you're saying, what is he talking about? That doesn't line up with Scripture. And that's where we get into trouble because us pastors, we pastors, I'll speak for us, we're human. And we get ideas sometimes that aren't matched up with Scripture because we're trying to accomplish something through our own flesh. We're trying to get it done. Or we sometimes want you to, to look at us. We'll talk about that a little bit more in, the, in a moment as well. But we have got to pray together for this action that we need to do. I know pastors are getting frustrated. I know pastors are getting tired. I know pastors are tired of not seeing God work in their churches and in their communities, especially right now. Be praying for the pastors in our city. I talk to many of them on a weekly basis. They're struggling, guys. They're struggling because they're not seeing the people they're leading as much. They're not able to do things in the community as much. So that's where we get in a danger. If we don't see God taking immediate action in the direction we think it should be going, I mean, don't you think God should end this pandemic right now? Amen. I think that's a good thing to pray for. I don't know why he hasn't done that, because I know there's Christians around the world praying for this to end. But until it does end, we have to work with what we have. And that's where us pastors get tempted to try and override what God's doing. You'll see it all through through the news and everywhere else of pastors trying to make movement in their churches separate from what God wants done. All this politics of all the things that the church is involved in, the things that has very little to do with God's mission. 
if we were prohibited today from meeting together, I could find a way to contact all of you and motivate you and get you out in the community. We need to quit focusing on what we are being told not to do. We shouldn't worry so much about that till we're actually doing what we're supposed to be doing. Y'all agree with that? We're not, we're not limited. Nobody has said, you know what, you can't go out and witness in your community and do things. Nobody said that to us as a church. You know, some people today, they don't like to wear the mask. I hate them. I'm, I'm blessed today. I get to speak and don't have to wear mine. But, man, wearing that mask all the time is, is just a downer. It's, it makes you tired. It just it depresses you. A lot of people are going through depression right now. But, guys, God has got this, and we've got to get ourselves motivated and get out of this dump that we feel that we're in all the time, that we're, just, we're so limited and we're, it's just hopeless and we're helpless, and that's so far from the truth. What happens is we get this depression and things, and we try and find ways to get out of it. You know, that's one of the things, if you will look right now, people are taking unhealthy routes out of this. They're not praying for God to help them out. They're trying to find alternative ways to get out of it. Um, Addiction, substance abuse is the highest it's ever been right now because people are trying to find their way out of what is bothering them without God. You know, we're seeing... People getting divorced. We're seeing domestic abuse on the increase. We're seeing suicide on the increase. And that's because we're trying to find our own answers to things that God's the only one that can fix. And so when we start trying to apply our answers instead of God's, we get in trouble. We get depressed because God's not going to bless things of our own. Now, sometimes you will see some things and you'll think, man, that doesn't seem very godly, but they sure do seem to be blessed materially. Y'all struggle with that sometimes? People that you think, why are they so blessed materially when they're not doing the right thing? But God tells us that that's not where our riches are, that our riches are in heaven. So as we pray about those things, we need to realize as we're praying, as pastors here in Chattanooga are praying, as you're praying with your family or you as an individual, God leads us differently. He doesn't always answer all the prayers the same way. God will answer our prayers according to his will and our giftedness. We aren't all gifted alike, so we don't all get the same answer, guys. Have y'all ever thought about that? Sometimes we try and we try and pin God down that we're going to pray about this, and this is going to be the answer for everyone. This is the way you're going to do it. Guys, it doesn't work that way. You know, for me, public speaking is one of the things that God has gifted me with, I'm comfortable with. I hope I'm I'm effective at it as I do it. Building relationships is another thing. Some people aren't gifted in those areas. Some people are gifted in hospitality. Guys, you do not want me in charge of doing hospitality and things like that. that no way you want me doing that. You know, that's not where I'm gifted. Sometimes we've, we do have to fill in places where we're not gifted because we're always supposed to be more rounded and be more like Christ as we develop as Christians. So sometimes we do serve in areas just to get the mission accomplished, but we're not gifted there, so we're not really excelling. That's the reason everybody needs to be involved in serving so that we can apply our gifts uniquely to God's will. God is going to show us what to do, and he's going to use us in effective manners. And, you know, this is one thing that has bothered me for years. How many of you ever grew up in a church environment where there were missionary conferences or missions conferences? Well, for whatever reason... We seem to be told that was the highest calling was to be a missionary. That's not the highest calling if that's not where God's calling you to. We ran into this we found in church planting. Mark and I planted this church, what, 12, 13 years ago now? I don't even keep up with the numbers. But when we planted this church, there were several other people planting churches. 
And what happens there, not everyone is gifted in being a pastor or planning a church. And some guys found that out. They were entrepreneurs more than they were church planters. And those entrepreneurial skills will get you so far in doing man-made things that will draw a crowd and will do things like that and will make it build excitement. But if God is not there, if the Holy Spirit is not working through your pastors and your church, those things are not affecting the kingdom as they should. And we've had to learn that the hard way often, that sometimes we pray for things and we do things, and we just go out and go headlong into it and do it ourselves because we're not trying to line things up the way they should be. And we don't all get the same answers. Every entrepreneur, just because he's good at building things, isn't a pastor. And everyone that's called to be a pastor isn't good at building big organizations. And we've got to realize that we get different answers because we're all made differently. You guys all have different gifts, and I've seen them in action. And we need to encourage each other to use the gifts that we have. And the main thing we need to start with is when we're praying is we need to know, does our prayer that we're asking God to do something, does it line up with Scripture? Well, there's the first thing you probably ought to be doing then is you're not going to know if it lines up with Scripture if you never read Scripture, are you? Don't trust what you see on TV. How many of you trust everything you hear on TV or the Internet? I hope nobody raises their hand. If you're in the audience out there, you know, I hope nobody raises their hand. Yeah, we have we have fingers pointing down here. We're not going to say who we're pointing at. So some people seem to believe too much on the Internet. They're down here teasing each other. But, yeah, there are things out there that we need to carefully examine against Scripture. Guys, this is, I really like this video talking about the tenseness of our world. Man, this world is tense right now. It's, it's as, as tight as a, as a band stretched to its limits. It is so tense. But we need to pray about how we engage with that tenseness because we can either make it worse or we can make it better. And I've seen a lot of people are engaging in things that I'm thinking, that can't be according to Scripture. You're making the situation worse. Sometimes we get in these situations and we think we're doing good and we're not. And that's the reason we need to pray so hard that what we're preaching and teaching and how we're witnessing lines up with what God wants us to do. And we can't do that without carefully examining the Word of God and without also praying about it. We've got to pray and do. We've got to match these things up. That's going to be the theme for this morning. But I was trying to think of the best way to to talk about praying according to Scripture. And I thought, well, how many of you have heard of a thing called the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, or what, however you want to say it? I want you to look, if you want to follow along in, in, in the Scripture, this is from Matthew chapter 6, is where I took these verses from. But I want you to start out looking at the uh, verses 5 through 8. It says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Wow. There is so much good stuff in that verse. Have you ever heard people that you think they make an art out of praying? That they are, they use such flowery words and they're so eloquent in their prayers. Whereas the guy over here that you call him to pray that just kind of stammers around and, well, God, I just want you to do what you want, want in my life and I want you to be there with us and I want you to bless us. Oh man, that guy there, he's his, you know, his prayer. But if you get up there and you say, Oh, heavenly father, the mighty creator of the universe, all these dramatic things that you see, that's what this is talking about here. 
the more drama you have in your prayer and the more eloquent your prayer doesn't God doesn't answer that any differently. Sometimes we 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 kind of get ourselves in the way in our prayers. We're looking for recognition. You know, and what I want you to ask this morning is are you praying so that people will notice and recognize your efforts or are you truly seeking God's will? Are you praying for people to follow what you are doing or for people to recognize and follow God's calling? Man, again, we get in the way with our own selfish needs and desires and the things that we want to see happen. We will get out there and we will try and motivate people. We'll think, man, if I just have this program or if I just have this, this option for people to serve or if we, just, if we just encourage people, we'll have a 40 days of reading the Bible plan. If we do these things, man, we're going we're gonna to motivate people. None of that in itself is bad, but it's got to be bathed in prayer and fueled by the Holy Spirit. I have talked to pastors even recently that are getting so frustrated with the tension in their communities that they're almost giving up on prayer and saying, we just got to do something. Well, do you think that's going to help the situation just to go out and do something? That's what God is here to start with is we're doing without looking for God's will in our lives. We're doing things in our world that we think make it better that oftentimes aren't. So we've got to be careful about what we're doing because sometimes, just like I was talking a moment ago, we can start this big church and everything. We can have this entrepreneurial spirit that we'll get this church off the ground and, man, we'll be doing great things and people will see us and we'll be the church that they come talk to on the news and we can be completely ineffective. And that's not true of all churches. There are huge churches that are doing great things and there are small churches that are doing great things and there's churches on both ends of that spectrum that aren't in God's will and aren't doing anything except existing. And I don't want to be like that. I want us to pray. So what should we start out this prayer as? Matthew 6, 9 through 10 says, Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of us think about God's kingdom when we pray versus trying to find an immediate solution for a problem? I think oftentimes we are very problem solving, at least for me, my background is an engineer and a computer guy and all those things. I'm very focused often on problem solving. We've got to solve the problem. Well, God doesn't work like that. God already is aware of the problem and has the solution. We've just got to ask him through the Holy Spirit to empower us to implement the solution. But sometimes we're so busy looking at the problem that we focus on the problem. We've got to do this and, and this, and, and we just get so out of focus and get out of balance again. But we should be praying that we're what we're doing is furthering God's kingdom. Just because we're growing a ministry, growing something, that doesn't mean that we're furthering God's kingdom. We can do all the good in the world on earth sometimes, and it doesn't further, further God's kingdom as it should because we're doing it of our own will and our own efforts. We have to make sure that the things that we do here on earth, as we do as ministries, we do things in our community, that they're lined up with what God would have us do. Now, this next verse has a great example of that for me. This is something we've been doing here at Journey, and we'll, we'll really camp out here for a moment. It says in Matthew 6, 11, give us this day our daily bread. That's, a, that's praying that God will supply our needs. Nothing wrong with that. You know, there's people all over the world today that are praying for need. There are people today that are meeting in places like Kenya that have a piece of tin open air church service with some plastic folding chairs that we'd pay $3 for at the Walmart. 
and they're tickled to death to be there. So there are people praying for their needs. They're praying for needs, not wants. They're praying that my needs will be met. Now, how do those needs get met? Does God do like he did in the Old Testament when he's leading the Israelites? Do they pray? And manna just falls down from heaven around them, and they go and pick it up, and there's too much. And God says, well, don't even bother to pick it up because there's going to be more tomorrow. So don't worry about where your next meal's coming from, guys. You're going to get that stuff tomorrow. It's going to be great. It doesn't work like that way in our modern times, does it? How does God supply those needs sometimes? Through us, through other Christians, other other organizations that are trying to further the kingdom meeting needs is a kingdom oriented activity you know god realizes we have physical needs and meeting those needs through us is one way that his will is carried out guys we do that here at journey i love what we do there we help with the food bank we've we've donated food uh, pastor ken over here at, at red bank united methodist is a friend of ours we participate with him in his ministry some people don't participate in that, and that's fine. We have other avenues that we participate in. But it's just seeing how we, as the body of Christ, through God's will, can come together and meet needs. There have been hundreds of cars lined up over here in Red Bank with people having physical needs met. And that's something I don't think we think about enough. We are often praying for wants instead of needs. Are you praying for what you need or what you want? There are people coming through over here in this line to get food that are praying for their needs to be met, that they don't have enough money to feed their children right now. You know, one of the things I think we have to be really aware of in this pandemic is there is more need than ever. People that were middle class and above that had what we would call good paying jobs have not been impacted nearly as much as those that were making less. And I think that's one of the things that we have to realize as a church and as God's people is that people that were marginalized in society or that were, were living near the poverty line are being horribly impacted by this because they were in some of the lower-paying jobs that were either uh, service industry, entertainment, restaurants. What are the things that are most effective right, affected right now by the pandemic? Entertainment. You go into a ball game? People don't think about that. I had a discussion with one of my pastor friends this week about that. You know, how is the pandemic actually affecting people? Well, here's some examples from our local area. Chattanooga Lookouts. Anybody been to a Lookouts game before? Lookouts didn't play this summer. Okay. And everybody thinks, well, those ball players, you know, they don't, that's not a big deal. Most of them get paid too much anyway. You realize there's some person that was selling tickets and doing concessions at the Lookouts game that's out of work? Did you ever think about that? They have needs now. They were you're not making a fortune, guys, selling tickets or putting hot dogs in a bun at a lookouts game. So it's not like they had this huge nest egg of things saved up either. They were people that were close to the poverty line anyway, many of them. So those people have been affected. Uh, my son-in-law, Chris, works at Blue Cross. They're not on campus right now. They've told them, I don't know if some of them will ever come back unless they really want to. <laughs> so guess what happens there? They had a cafeteria. Talked to a pastor the other day, had someone in his congregation. You know what they did they baked bread for that cafeteria. Guess what? They don't have a job now. There's no bread being consumed, so there's no bread being baked. So those things are happening in our communities. So there are going to be needs out here that we as Christians need to be aware of that we haven't had to meet as much in the past. You know, we're going to have to look at those things and be aware that God is giving us opportunities. There are probably more opportunities to serve in the name of Christ right now than there have ever been in, the, in recent history. There are things going on that we can go out, but oftentimes we don't think about it because it doesn't affect us. And I'm going to share you some very personal examples 
uh, from last week that I saw. I went down to help some friends. They were doing a, a voter registration drive in Alton Park at the Bethlehem Center. And I thought, like, you know, I would like to go down there, meet some of my, my pastor friends from the inner city down there, some other people that, some city officials that invited me to come down and, and minister with them. I didn't know anything about this event, okay? I will tell you, going in, I was somewhat apprehensive. I had prayed about it, and I thought, how many of y'all ever prayed and agreed to something and then immediately regretted it? Have you ever committed to anything and think, Man, it'd be better just to do what I want to do today. I don't know what this is even about. I get down there. Nobody knows what's going on. I, I feel like, you now I will tell you this, in the inner city, I am not, I am the minority in the inner city now. So the tables are turned a little bit. You know, who's, who's the white guy over here? What's he doing here? You know, what? And nobody approached me in any ill means. Matter of fact, I was more welcome there than I have been at some church conferences and things. I'll be honest with you. People were very welcoming there, were very gracious, was glad I was there. And when they asked why I was there, I said, I'm just here to help out. They asked me to come down and help, and I didn't know how. They asked me to bring hamburger buns and some other things and said, just be here. I said, okay, I can do that. So I started talking to other people. I met a young man. He's a, he's a former gang member. He's trying to get people, he's trying to get young kids not to go into the gang life. You think that's a ministry? I'm not sure if he's a Christian or not. We didn't get that far in our conversation, but I saw him trying to guide young people, and I'm thinking, there's something I can be involved in, and I can encourage others in. Do you know what? In, in talking, and I've talked to many of my, my friends and pastors and people that are in, doing ministry in the inner city with gangs and stuff. Do you know what? By the time a 13- or 14-year-old is into that life, he is almost too hardened to get out of it. 13- and 14-year-old kids, guys. I asked, well, where do we start? They said, you've got to go back in elementary school. You've got to go back to seven- and eight-year-olds at the oldest and let them know that there's an alternative to gang life because they don't see it in their communities. They don't know what to do. So we have kids that are going out and killing each other because parents aren't able to reach them or they don't have a pastor or a friend or a mentor or anyone to reach them. So that's one of the things I saw last week. There's an opportunity that we can get in, involved in. You know, And it's weird how God works things out that, that I don't see coming. I was at the Bethlehem Center on Saturday, and then this week, one of my friends posts that he's now employed there, and he's doing a program about bringing boys into manhood, and he just got that position this week. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, we've got lunch scheduled in, in a couple of weeks to go and talk about how churches and things can be involved in this ministry that he's part of now. He's a Christian guy. He's a great guy. I, I love being around him. love talking to him. And here God has lined something up there to meet some needs in the community, to get the violence out of the community. God has placed a young man there to work on that. You know, other things that we saw last week is, was going through that, you know, I had no idea. Again, I didn't know why I was there. I didn't know what God had for me. I just knew I thought I should go there and, and participate in it. So this lady comes up. Okay, guys? This lady comes up. And I told our youth this Wednesday night. This lady comes up, and she's got this little clear shoebox like you buy at Walmart. And she's got some crumpled up money in it. And, and she approaches me and some friends. And I'm like, what, what she's up to? She's taking up money for her family to help her family out. And we're thinking, okay, I'm always on guard about this. How many of y'all are on guard? Because you get hit up often with people. And, and I think Liz Leslie and I have this conversation the other day, maybe in youth, that, but if I can give, I just give. I don't sit there and try and analyze it overly. Although some people will approach you and you're like, you've approached me with this before. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story before I get into this to just tell you that this does happen. So don't always feel guilty if you don't give. If, if the Holy Spirit's nudging you that maybe something's off here, you know, we do get guidance there. There was this guy, he was downtown, and he he approached this guy, 
and he needed to buy a serpentine belt for his car. Even if you don't know anything about cars, you've got one belt now that runs all the accessory drives, runs your alternator and your air conditioner and all those things. It runs off a serpentine belt. So your car won't run without your serpentine belt. This guy's downtown. He approaches this, this gentleman. He says, hey, I am broke down here in Chattanooga. I don't need anybody. I just need some money to go over here and get a serpentine belt for my car. And the guy's like, well, well, yeah, I'll give you some. What do you need? So he gives him some dollar amount, and he gets his serpentine. He supposedly goes on. He says, thanks to the man. He says, I appreciate it. God bless you, sir. By, by the way, panhandlers all know if you say God bless you, it makes it okay, no matter what you do, because you're doing it for the Lord. And, you know, God bless you. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a believer just like you are. So anyway, he goes, gets the serpentine belt, supposedly. The guy doesn't think any more about it. The guy is downtown. It's like two months later. This is here in Chattanooga. Two months later, he's downtown. The same guy comes up to me and says, Sir, I don't know if you can help me, but I'm here in Chattanooga, and my car's broke down, and my serpentine belt is broken, and I need to replace it. And the guy's response was, Well, the one I bought you two months ago evidently wasn't very good. You get the warranty replacement on it. So, you know, sometimes people will scam you. So you have to use the Holy Spirit to discern these things. But if you can give, give. Notice the first time he didn't use, didn't have to use any discernment. He just gave freely. The second time it's like, hey, wait a minute. But this lady was taking up money, and we're thinking, well, what's she doing? She, she comes up, and you can tell when she gets closer she's distraught about something. Something's really upsetting her. And she comes, and she's sharing with us and talking to us. And she kind of is teary-eyed a little bit. And she said, I'm just trying to take up money for my family. So, well, what's happened? So, said, well, my son was killed in a drive-by shooting a few weeks back. And we don't know what to do. We're just trying. And evidently, we didn't get deep into the conversation. Evidently, the son maybe contributed some to the income. I'm not sure. But she just needed some help. And you know what she really needed? She needed a shoulder to cry on is what she needed. She needed a, a way to vent her emotions and have somebody care about her. I didn't know that lady was going to be there. The guy that I was with, he was one of the mayoral candidates. He was running for mayor. He wasn't looking to be in ministry down there. But I just, I said, would you mind if we prayed for you? And she said, oh, I'd like that. So we prayed for her, talked about her. We gave her some money, gave her some hints of how she could do some things with the police department, how they could help her and do some things there. And then she's walking on down, and I see another pastor that I'd met online before, uh, Pastor J.W. Cole was there. Uh, they just opened uh, their church back up to services. They remodeled the church out um, out off Gun Barrel Road. And so Pastor J.W. was there and walked down the street, and he's praying with her. And I think, man, this is awesome. We came down here for this event, and God's using pastors to do something we had no intention of doing. So as I was walking down the street or down the sidewalk there towards Pastor J.W., he was praying with her now. And I'm thinking, you know what? This is why God had me here today, was to participate in praying for this lady. It wasn't about anything else. I didn't know why I was there, but it was about meeting a need here for this lady in prayer and also financially helping her out. And as I walked down to JW, he is praying. You know what he's saying in his prayer? Say, God, I don't know why we're here today, but I do now. We were here to pray for this lady, and he hasn't talked to me. JW hasn't even talked to me about it yet, and the God moved us in the same way. That's where when you pray for the Holy Spirit to do things, you don't even have to be praying together to do it sometimes. The Holy Spirit will meet those needs through multiple people. He will give us the same impression and ministry will happen and things will happen. Now, I'm not 100% sure, but from I've been trying to research this. There was an arrest made this week, okay? From what I could tell from the description, the man that went by in a drive-by and shot her son in the back of the head got arrested. That was her prayer. 
that I could see justice for my son. She didn't want revenge. She didn't want vengeance. She wanted to see the person that was responsible for her losing her son to be brought to justice. I don't know how God worked all that out. I don't know I don't know what to think about it to this day. But I do know that God works through us when we're willing to be his vessel. You know, the next thing here I want to talk about as we move on. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 says, and forgive us our, um, chap, chapter 6 verse 12, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. You know, we got to forgive each other, guys. We should pray to forgive others. Are you praying to forgive or avenge? That's what made me think about her. Is our actions will reflect our hearts in this area. She wasn't praying that this guy got put in jail for life or anything else. She just wanted to know what happened and wanted justice for her son. And you know, from our theme verse in Micah, God is concerned about justice as well. So, but thinking about this, forgiving our debts and forgiving those around us, does that sometimes you think stand in our way as churches of partnering with each other? Oh, guys. If you don't believe there's pastors that hold a grudge against each other for some silly thing in ministry that happened, guys, you need to pray for us because we're petty sometimes, pastors are. Sometimes we don't do the right things, and sometimes we get our feelings hurt, and we don't want to work with that church because they did so-and-so. You know, my question here is, would you be willing to forgive and partner with someone in doing something that furthers the kingdom? Sometimes you have to follow your, swallow your pride. Sometimes you have to let, let things go and think, you know what, that guy said something that was harmful to me. You know, he said something about my ministry that I, that wasn't true. But I see God moving through him, and God is, is prodding me to be involved in this. And i got to get over that. We just need to go and say, hey, we're doing this in, in the name of the Lord, and he is going to work through us, and we're going to work together, and we're going to put our differences aside. That is one of the huge problems in our community, whether it's either political or religious differences or whatever. We're not willing to put petty differences aside to further the kingdom. This is what this is talking about right here is forgiving our debtors, forgiving people and getting together. And if we don't, if we've had a rough past, we get together. Church division hampers the spread of the gospel, folks. Churches that aren't working together are not furthering the gospel. God didn't call every 100-person congregation in Chattanooga to do their own thing. Y'all believe that? Do you believe there's a bigger kingdom than what's represented here in our room? I do. God called us to work together. He called us to do things together. My friends over at Kingdom Partners, that's one of the things that they have recognized, is working together will help us. It will help us to do more for the kingdom. That's the reason it's called Kingdom Partners. And we'll talk about that in our closing verse, how important it is to work together. Said, but you know, would we be willing to forgive someone to further the kingdom? And then verse 13 says, And lead us not into temptation, but but deliver us from evil. Man, this is a hard one, and I'm going to tell you why, because evil is not always in your face. Satan doesn't always appear like you see in a Halloween ad with the long red pointed tail and horns and this big red cloak and a pitchfork. That's not the way he appears in our lives. He is very subtle. He's cunning. And he will appear in ways that we don't realize. And here's my question is, do we ignore things that we know are based in evil if we believe it will result in the things we want to see done and accomplished? Are we willing to put aside some of our morals, some of our our beliefs, some of the things that God has impressed in our very souls in order to see something happen? 
It happens sometimes, guys. We will set those things aside because, as I talked about a few minutes ago, we are so focused on the problem that we're not looking for God to provide the solution anymore. We're going to make this solution happen, and we'll be like, well, I know that person over there. I know they do bad things, and I know that, you know, sometimes, but I think it'll be good for our community if I just support them. Guys, that's not what God's about. God can do this without us. He just chooses to include us in his ministry. So we don't have to take second best or take, you know, we're often chose, told in politics to choose the lesser of two evils. What if we pray for evil not to be existing anymore? Maybe that's what we should be praying. Maybe that's our fault and not the candidate's fault, that we're not looking to do what we should be doing as a people. But often on both sides of that, we forget about God's will in it, and we're looking for a earthly leader to solve all the problems for us. And that's not going to happen, guys. That's not the way God works. He does use men, but but he uses them. When he's used them, the Holy Spirit is working through them is how that works, not just through their own power. You know. And finally, I want us to, to start closing out here with, with these thoughts, is that God doesn't provide an instant answer to our prayers. How many of y'all have experienced that one directly? If you haven't, you've never prayed. I'm guaranteeing you that because it isn't just like, God, I think we, and before you can get it out of your mouth, I, I knew about that. It's done. Just consider it done. No, God teaches us patience through that. God teaches us a lot of things through that. Psalm 130, verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. We've heard a lot about hope in our communities lately. People feel hopeless right now. They don't see an end to the pandemic. They don't see an end to the tension in our cities and in our, in our political climate. You know, they've lost hope. But God says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. You know, sometimes we, we word our prayers in a way, though, that instead of waiting on God, we're, and he mentioned this in the opening video, which I thought was pretty cool, we try and bend God's will to what I want to do. Instead of saying, God, your kingdom, your will, what you want to do, here's the idea I have, you tell me how to go about it, and you direct me. Instead, it'll be like, God, I want to do this, you bless it. That's the way we do, because we, some of us are, we like to lead, we like to be out front, we like to do things. So we think, I think God's given me this idea, now God, you just bless it, and I'm going to run with it. It's not the way it works. You've got to know that the word is from God and that means it's got to match up with Scripture. And sometimes you have to wait on God to make those right paths happen. You know, sometimes I don't know how God's working. Just like last Saturday, I had no clue what he was doing. That's the that's the coolest thing I've seen God do in a while, and it was outside of a church event. I didn't know that was going to happen. You know, I, I just look for those opportunities to, to be available to things. And sometimes it's, it comes through the secular world. Sometimes it comes through the congregation here. Just be on the lookout for those things. But always be praying that God's will is done and his kingdom come and not ours. We are so busy trying to build our own little kingdoms here on earth. We're forgetting about there's a kingdom above all this. One of my friends on Facebook uh, said, posting, I think it was in two words or three words. It was something of that nature, you know, uh, about situations here what what could do you know how you solve the political climate and everything i thought not of this world kingdom not of this world that's where that's where the solution for us christians is is serving the kingdom not of this world and when we get that perspective in our prayers it's going to change our lives radically we're going to start to realize that it's not up to us it's not up to me to go out here 
and change the political climate of the world. It's up to God to change that. God's going to work through individual hearts. My role is to witness and to let people know there is a way that God will work through you, and he is going to have his will accomplished through you. Mark said this, Pastor Mark said this, I believe it was actually last Sunday, he said, we pray and read scriptures so that we will know what to do according to God's will when situations arise. God wants us to perpetuate his character. He said, I believe that was last Sunday that Mark said that. We're supposed to be working to look more and more like God and perpetuate his character, project his character onto the community around us, to the world around us, through our workplace, everywhere we're at. We're supposed to be doing things that make us look more like God, and that should be our prayers. God, am I looking like you or am I looking like my own flesh? Often we like to look at at the, the flesh more than we do at the kingdom, so we need to be careful about that. You know, we make an impact in our community when we pray and do together because God is guiding us through the Holy Spirit in us. We need to do together. We're not lone rangers. God sometimes mightily uses one person, but there are always people around that one person that are supporting him and are working with him or whatever. And we need to quit trying to be the the Christian lone rangers and just think that, hey, we don't have to work with anybody. That's not the way the kingdom of God works. That's the reason he talks about the church and the kingdom being something that is is, is kind of invisible to us. It's not the organizational structures of all the churches in town. If they've got a denominational body or if we've got some interdenominational group that does things, now it's all fine. Nothing wrong with those things. That's how sometimes we we manage things here on, on earth. But there is a kingdom that sits above all of this. There's a kingdom up here that, Ignores all that. And that's where the working together makes progress in our communities. It's when we look at a kingdom level that's up here and all of us are working towards this goal, God's going to work mightily. But we get mired down here on the our level instead of on his level in the kingdom. But when we start to do that, what do you think happens if you start to work in a kingdom-minded direction? What do you think happens? Satan doesn't like it. Our enemy, the devil, he does not like for us to work together as a body of believers because he knows he has no power that will equal that of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to bowl him over like he doesn't exist. We've seen it in Scripture. He can't, you know, Jesus was not able to be tempted by Satan. Satan has no power on this earth other than what we allow him to have what God allows him to do. And he knows that. So if we start to band together, for the kingdom as a group of Christians, and we see the Holy Spirit working through a massive group of people, Satan's threatened by that. So he is going to try and tempt you not to do that. He's going to throw roadblocks in your way. He's going to throw things there that make you not want to do that. But we've just got to stay the course. And that's where I I referenced this verse earlier. I'm going to close with this verse from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Guys, we can't go it alone, even here on earth. We do have the Father with us, and we often use this. I've heard this verse used in marriage ceremonies. That's a popular thing to do right now. But this verse wasn't talking about marriage, guys. This was talking about combat. This was combat for the kingdom. This was talking about having each other's backs. Okay, if I'm standing here right now, can somebody sneak up and attack me from behind? Absolutely. Nobody's back here. What if somebody's standing back to back with me? Nobody's going to come from over here. What if we form three of us together? We have a peripheral vision. Everybody's seeing something different. 
That's the way the kingdom works. Sometimes we all see something different, and it protects us from the enemy and allows us to march forward. And that's what we've got to learn to do as Christians. We've got to learn to be on the forward attack more instead of just, you know, then that's what praying and doing is all about, is praying to be on the attack against the enemy and to further the kingdom of God here on earth and to do what we can do that's, that through God's will, through the speaking and leading of the Holy Spirit to make a difference in our communities and our world. And that's what I pray for Journey. That's what Mark and I talk about often is how we lead these people that God's given us responsible for. You know, we're, we're supposed to be bringing you the word, and that's our prayer for you is to, to not see this building full. That's great. We love that when we have a crowd and people here. But that's just because it's more people to talk to and more people hopefully to influence to go out and do the work. And that's what we rely on you guys for is to do the work that God has for the kingdom. And, and that's what we need to do when we pray and do. Guys, look at both sides of that equation. Be praying, but also be doing. And don't go off half-cocked doing things without praying about them. That's, that's be our closing prayer for today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity for us to get together here on this this rainy pandemic Saturday, or Sunday rather, God. It's a crazy thing for us, the time, the things that we're going through, the things that are going on, God. We don't know what's going on. And Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to come together, to have the, the ability to broadcast this ministry out to other people, Lord, that they can hear it, Lord. I thank you for the way I see you moving in my life, and I see you moving in the lives of others, and pray that everyone will have the opportunity to, to help further the kingdom, Lord, and we just... We just pray today that you will guide us in praying and doing. Love, walk, do, God. We love you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the sacrifice you made through giving your son for our sins, Lord, that we, we might not have to pay the penalty for the things we've done, God. And as we follow you and we love you and we recognize what you've done, we need to go out and show others by doing that we recognize and love you, Lord. It's not good enough to sit here on a Sunday morning and, and slap each other on the back and say, hey, good job. Hey, we've got to be out in our communities, and people have got to recognize that God is doing work through us, God. And I pray that for every person here today, that whatever their their place in society may be, God, that you're going to work through them in unique ways that that will be encouraging and use their gifts that you've given them, God. I just pray that for everyone here, Lord, that we'll, we'll be in prayer this week, Lord. How can I get plugged in somewhere? What can I be doing, Lord, to make to make the world that I have an influence on to be a better place, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit will guide us and work through us, and we will powerfully take care of things in our society, Lord. I pray for all the tension we see in our society and our world, Lord. doesn't take you by surprise. You've got this handled, God. We don't see the end game. We don't know how you're going to answer this, but we know we just need to be praying and looking for the answers you give us, Lord, and then then applying those in our lives, God. I just pray that you'll you'll bless. I pray for, for my students that are away this week. We'll... Uh, be on file break, Lord, that they'll come back refreshed. School has been very tough on a lot of my friends, and I just pray that you'll bless there as we if we have kind of a unique week there. And, Lord, just pray that you're going to be with us, Lord, and be with, be with our worship team as they close us out in worship. And we just pray these things in your name. Amen.